Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from George Mason University School of Business. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-hosts, William Tidwell Cressa, David Kunzman, Pretoria Lowell, John Schuhart, Graybeard Coaching, and Henry Fagan. Uh, let's see, John, could you give us a rundown on who we have on the air today? Our first guest is Christina Bueri, CEO of Reston Limousine. Then we'll talk with Louisa Jaffe, President and CEO of Tape. Our third guests are Donna Ivey, the, co- excuse me, the founder and CEO of I Care Home Care, and Ashley Ivy Askew, the clinical manager of I Care Home Care. And our last guest is Omar Balkasun, chairman and co-founder of OG Systems. Excellent. Let's get to know our first guest, Christina Bueri, CEO of Reston Limousine. Christina, what is Reston Limousine? Reston Limousine is the largest limousine and bus company in Washington, D.C., and we are the 10th largest in the nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, how'd you get a job with this company? I... I, w- I was selling advertising, and I sold the owner a, an ad, mm-hmm. and then we started dating, and he mm-hmm. said, quit your job and come work for me, and that was 28 years ago. Uh-huh, and you've built this business, haven't you? I did, yes. I'm the one that wrote the proposals and managed the contracts and grew mm-hmm. the company. Uh-huh. When you got involved, how large or small was the company and how, as opposed to where it is nowadays? We started with five cars, and today we have 250 cars. Mm-hmm. We right. are no longer married, and I bought him out. Uh-huh. So uh, let's see. William, what question do you got? Yeah, Christine, you uh, mentioned earlier that uh, as a child growing up, you didn't watch a lot of TV. Well, what kind of a kid makes a choice like that? Well, I was raised all over the world as a child, and when I was eight years old, I lived in the Brazilian jungle by the Amazon River in a town called Belém do Pará. Mm-hmm. What do you think the effect of you growing up without television in the Amazon's jungle has been on you? It was actually great. I loved, I was able to entertain myself. I played outside. I would go anywhere I wanted to go free, freely, and it allowed me to be creative and independent. Mm-hmm. What's that have to do with your building this business? What effects that had on you building this business? I, I believe that it, it's a big part of who I am today. I um, am always creative and, and looking for new ways of doing things and, and being very diverse. Mm-hmm. David? Uh, what happened at age 11 in the middle of the night? So when I was 11, I lived in Mozambique, and we were asked to leave. We were given 24 hours to leave the country, and in the middle of the night, we were crossing the border, and our car was surrounded by guerrilla rebels that were pointing machine guns at our heads. So you remember that, huh? I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh-huh. What do you, how'd that make you feel, and what's that effect on you nowadays? It was it was it was crazy scary. It was very scary at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that we were able to get out of that situation with a diplomatic passport made me feel very safe to be, you know, with my father who was a foreign service officer and with the United States of America, a country that always kept us safe. Wow. So you really understand <clears throat> you you actually have a definition of what safety is. You've done a lot of thinking about safety. Yes. You think that's one of the reasons you're running your own business? I do. I think that everything that happens to us when we're children affects us and, and turns us who, who we are as adults. Mm-hmm. Do, you, um, do, you, do you see retiring someday or do you just see yourself constantly working and building? I really don't want to retire. I love what I do and I would like to do it for, for many, many more years. Do you think there's anything to do with the fact you grew up in the Amazon and you like creating stuff and then when uh, you, know, you had that little issue in uh, Mozambique where uh, <clears throat> you had to really question what safety is and maybe you know, buildings in your blood? Yes, Mm -hmm. I believe that um, the excitement of my childhood um, leads me to want to have an exciting adulthood as well. I believe my my business is exciting. I I love what I do. Every day is different and um, a challenge, and I love all of that about it. Yeah, but on the other hand, I mean, you you know, you're running your own business. It it sounds like it's a 24 by seven day, it's a 24 hour by seven day a week business. Isn't that stressful? And, you know, you never get to sleep. Well, we are open 24-7 and every single day of the year, but we do have a wonderful team and systems in place. So thankfully now I do not have to answer the phones in the middle of the night like I used to. We have people to do that. So um, as the company gets bigger, 
you mm-hmm. build an infrastructure mm-hmm. and you have systems in place to, mm-hmm. to not make it as stressful yeah. on the owner. Henry? I understand at age 12 you moved to Swaziland and you attended a multiracial boarding school and you met someone there. Yes. Uh, I attended middle school in Swaziland at the only multiracial boarding school in Africa, and it was called Waterford Kamhaba. My classmates were the children of Nelson Mandela and Desmond Tutu, and I believe that the two years I spent in Swaziland are are what shaped me as an adult, because I I lived on that mountain as a minority. I was a minority because I was white, and I was a minority because I was Christian, and I think that was such a great lesson to learn at a young age to really appreciate you know what other people go through how's that how's that affecting you building this team that you just spoke about so that is why i am so inclusive um diversity is important to me i'm empathetic i'm a good listener i care and i uh, treat everyone the same. You don't usually hear, I mean, you know, you, well, I'm not arguing with you. I mean, you're the CEO of Reston Limousine, and you've built it from 5 or 10 to uh, 250 vehicles. So, I, I mean, you know what you're talking about in terms of building a team. So, you really think that that experience in Swaziland had a, has a significant impact impact on you? It impacted my, my core values and, and who I am as a leader. What do you mean it impacted your core values? What are you talking about? It made me always want to do the right thing and 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 you know believe in, in defending people that are not being treated uh, right yeah. what other ha- what else happened in uh what how what else happened the boarding school that wanted you to treat people right was there another experience you had well because i lived as a minority i d- did not did not and do not see color and i fell in love with an indian boy and we were both living in south africa but it was under apartheid so we could not see each other on school breaks but we decided to try and we went to this multiracial restaurant and we were arrested in about five minutes. Oh, really? What did you learn from that experience? I learned that evil exists in this world. And that was because um, somebody saw color. So this boyfriend of mine was beat up in front of my eyes, and we were apprehended and arrested. And again, my father, with his diplomatic passport, came and got us out of jail. Uh-huh. John? You, know, you talked about your father and s- sense of security he gave you. What traits did you get from your mom? My mom was incredible. She was an incredible cook and hostess, and she was so organized and adaptable. She was able to pack us up and move us every couple of years. And what, but I, what I remember most was my father would call her at 12 o'clock and say, I'm bringing 20 people home for dinner tonight. And we were living in some place with you know not a lot of groceries, and she would go into the freezer and prepare a feast for those 20 people how on a that, regular basis. How did that adaptability and organizational talent, how does that show up today in Reston Limo? Well, you know, when you own a business, you have to be adaptable. You never know what's coming around the corner. You have to deal with great years and bad years and problems, and, and being adaptable is what keeps you going. So and being a foreign service child, you must have been fairly spoiled with material things. Absolutely not. My parents well, not? were extremely frugal. Uh, they were raised um, by parents that survived the depression, so we weren't we we were not we were not spoiled at all. We I had to wear hand-me-down clothing that my sister wore first, and we were never given any money. We had to earn everything we had, and I, I started working when I was in middle school. I would I would volu- I, w- I would help my mom. She would. She would give tests to doctors in South Africa that were trying to move to the U.S., and I would, you know, be in the aisle with a pencil for those that needed pencils, and I got paid $50 a day for that. So how does that show up today at work? What what, what do you bring from those experiences? Well, I always had a job from the age of 12. I always had part-time work, and, and I always made my own money, and I paid, put myself through college. And then when I graduated, I had three jobs because I wasn't af- afraid of work and I just wanted to make money and, f- and, and have a decent lifestyle. Christina, let me ask you a question. I mean, do, do you have the biggest house and the fanciest car and the biggest boat? Yes. You do? Because you enjoy material things? Well, I just always wanted to have those things, mm-hmm. you know? I didn't have them when I was growing up and I, I set myself, my sights very high and I achieved my goals. What, what's the best part of your job? The best part of my job is knowing that, you know, it could actually my company can run without me. And I have 
an incredible team of people that I can rely on that run the company. My job really now is more of an external CEO. I spend most of my time networking and sitting on boards. And which experience gave you the understanding of how to build a team? It was the having moving to a different country every two years, having to learn a language and 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 adjust to a new culture. And doing those as a diplomatic child meant you have to always be on your best behavior and understand the protocols and, and the different nuances in that country. So you learned from your child, this was a difficult, and once it could be crippling as to some kids, but you learned living in the Amazon, Mozambique, Swaziland, through these experiences, you learned, you, you integrated these experiences, and uh, boy, it sounds like you've been a hard-working kind of gal. What's the website address of Reston Limousine? RestonLimo.com. Let me have that one more time. RestonLimo.com. We've been speaking with Christina Bueri, CEO of Reston Limousine here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com. That's ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com. Learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name and organization is? My name is Walt Long, uh-huh. and, and what organization, organization is t- Technical and Project Engineering. Uh-huh. And what's your role, and what's your title, and what's your role in that organization, Walt? My title is Business Analyst. Uh, my role is really to help support executives in codifying their ideas and presentations. So you work in this organization, which is about 150 people, and give me that again. What's your role there in that organization? To support executives, help them codify their ideas. Uh huh. When you were a kid, was there anybody tossing ideas at you that you had to listen to and try to figure out when you were a kid? Uh, my father, twenty-four-seven. Your father was throwing ideas at you twenty-four by seven. How about uh, did your sister do that to you too? Sure, Louisa. I have another sister, but yeah. Uh huh. So you grew up with ideas as a kid, and you got pretty accustomed to listening to those ideas, and then having conversations with these people that were coming to you with ideas about maybe what made sense and other ways of looking at things. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I had several older siblings, and it wasn't just codifying. I was competing with them, so I might be offering opinions they didn't ask for. Uh-huh. So isn't that what you do for a living? Pretty much. What do you mean? Well, if somebody thinks they have a great idea, they think they have a presentation, it's my job to go in and find out where it doesn't look as good as they think, maybe, or sound as good as it needs to. But on the other hand, if it is a good idea, do you let them know that? Absolutely. Uh-huh. So you th- is there a good possibility that your childhood prepared you for your role nowadays? I would say so. Uh-huh. And uh, this organization, your sister co-founded it, didn't she? Yes. Uh-huh. Do you work with your sister? Uh, most days. Uh-huh. Do you ever get a chance to tell her some of her ideas aren't that great? Um, many days. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's the website address of this organization? Uh, tape, T-A-P-E dash L-L-C dot com. Let me have that one more time. Tape dash L-L-C dot com. And your name again is? Walt Long. And the name of the organization? Technical and Project Engineering. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name and organization is? My name is Brian Tillman. I'm co-founder and principal at Punch Digital Strategies. And what is Punch Digital Strategies? Punch is a creative agency for bold brands. Uh, We specialize in brand strategy, website UI and UX, and content marketing. Uh, We work with companies from commercial real estate and uh, business-to-business software Uh uh, to entertainment and uh, the commercial sector. All right. As a kid, were you a geek or were you a marketer? I think a little bit of both, uh, and I think it takes a little bit of both to be, uh, you know, have where, the right Where'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up? When was the effect of your childhood on you? So I grew up in, in uh, northern Nevada, and the effect uh, that that had was uh, a real sort of pioneer spirit is something that's woven through just the culture there. And, and what that means is having a fearless attitude of being self-reliant, of being um, uh, courageous, and I think that's something that, you know, carried through. Did you grow up in the big city or something like that? No, not at all. Well, uh, small city, but... Um, I was kind of an outdoors kid, so, you know, I wasn't... Um, what were you doing outdoors? Uh, uh, building forts, running through the woods, playing with friends, um, riding bikes, basically, uh, you know, what being did going through? What did running through the woods and building forts, how does that have anything to do with building a digital agency? Well, I think it has to do, I think it's imagination. And so um, imagination is, is the most important uh, factor for a creative industry. I mean, you have to... You have to understand the scenario, you have to understand the audience and understand what the client's needs are, but you also, ha- also have to have an imagination in order to, to think of a creative solution. And it sounds to me like the benefit of playing with friends is you also understand how to build a team. Is that true? 
That's very true, and that's something that's that's very uh, distinct about how how Punch operates. Is is we try to be a collaborative environment where everybody has a voice, everybody has an opportunity. What's to the website address of this organization? Uh, AddSomePunch.com. 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 Uh huh. That's even a creative name. And your name again is? My name is Brian Tillman. And this is Herb Cohen, Executive Leaders Radio, and this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Louisa Jaffe, who's a co-founder and CEO of an organization called TAPE. Louisa, what is TAPE? What are you guys doing? TAPE is a small government contracting service company. Uh-huh. When you say small, how many people is it? We have uh, 150 employees and subcontractors. Well, that's not so small. Uh, where, was, uh, where were you from originally? New Jersey. Where, uh, where in New Jersey? I grew up uh, a lot of my early years in Beach Haven, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. What's special about Beach Haven? Well, uh, f- it's special to me because it was founded by my ancestor. Which ancestor? His name was Archelaus Pharaoh. He had been a local merchant. And, how's and what's the relationship? He's my, he was my great-great-grandfather. Your great-great-grandfather yes. founded Beach Haven, New Jersey. You have a lot of pride in that, it sounds like. I do. Uh-huh. David? Um, how many siblings do you have? I'm uh, the second of five children, mm. so I have four siblings. Mm-hmm. William? Yeah, Louisa, getting back to your great-great-grandfather, sounds like uh, entrepreneurship runs in the family. Can you talk about that a little bit? It does run in the family uh, with other ancestors as well, but with Archelaus, he was, uh, he started, well, he was the third generation of a family that started an import business, mm-hmm. and he became very community-minded, mm-hmm. and he went into, uh, he became mm-hmm. a delegate to the Republican cool. convention John? that nominated Lincoln. John? So you mentioned entrepreneurs running the family. When did you first start making money, and tell us about the experience. I, f- I first made money that I can recall uh, as an assistant paper boy to my brother, so my older brother. What does an assistant paper boy who's <laughs> a girl do? <laughs> well, I um, helped wrap the papers and for delivery, and I sold the extras, and I got very good at that. So you went out on the street, basically, and sold the extra papers. That's How right. does that translate? What skills translate to running Tape LLC today? Well, I very early learned about sales, that sales is not about selling somebody something, but just educating them about the possibilities. And I've taken that through many iterations of myself. It certainly applies in my current business, where I do business primarily with the federal government. Mm-hmm. Henry? Which group of kids were you hanging out with growing up? The, the kids that I hung out with mostly were in my church. Mm-hmm. What, what, tell us a little bit about that group. What was uh, special about that group of kids? Well, it isn't that the group was special. I very early in my life felt drawn to having a, an active spiritual practice. And that, so I was drawn to the people how's, who also felt that way. How's that active spiritual practice as a kid that draw to the active spiritual practice? How's that had any influence when you're building this business? Well, I didn't know it then, but it's uh, very much a part of creativity for me. It, it, it gives me the belief that from my own strength within, I can create anything I want to. Wow. Um, so sitting next to you is Walt, who is your youngest brother, if I remember correctly. And Walt, uh, tell us what kind of major influences, who, who was a major influence on your life as a kid and your Louise's uh, life as a kid? Well, uh Probably my father. Tell us, was, tell us about your, his influence on you guys. He was quite the entrepreneur, ideas man, every moment. Uh, uh, what do you mean? Tell us more about that. Well, he enjoyed business. He enjoyed being an initiator, a self-starter. But he liked solving problems, so once he'd solve a problem, he'd be on to the next thing, the does, next idea. Does your dad remind you of your sister? My sister is like that, too. What do yes. you mean? Well, uh, always thinking, always looking at something from a different angle how to solve it, how to make it better for everybody concerned. So Louisa, isn't, it doesn't accept the status quo. Louisa is the kind of sister that a uh, business person, an entrepreneur, that's always trying to figure out a better way of doing things? Absolutely. Uh, build a better mousetrap. That's one of the reasons Louisa was so proud of the fact your great-grandfather founded Beach Haven, the town in New Jersey. So Louisa really appreciates the concept of founding, of innovating, of getting things started. Am I correct about that, Louisa? 
Yes, uh, I, I am a creative person, and I like to uh, bring out the creativity in others. Uh-huh. Do you see yourself retiring sometime? Well, no. My father worked, died at uh, age 81, and he worked in his orange grove, which was his business at the time, right to the end of his life. So I don't know what retirement would be for me. Wait a second. I thought the American dream was to, you know, make enough money and then go to Florida and sit in the sun or watch TV. And you're telling me that you like working? Well, I, I do like working, but I, as far as money goes, uh, to me, when I do, I do like making money. And to me, I, then I like making that money make money. So, uh, if assumed I made all the money in the world that I needed for myself, I would want to... I would want to keep earning money and put it into mm-hmm. other businesses. You really enjoy the, this entrepreneurship stuff's really in your blood. William, <laughs> did you have a question there? Yeah, it was, it's interesting. You'd mentioned that uh, you're a vet. Um, how does that influence what you're doing today with your business? Uh, that's a tremendous influence on my life. Um, I went into the Women's Army Corps when I was 23, and um, I had I had never. Uh, experienced anything like that growing up and especially the type of leadership training that the military offers uh it's the most outstanding leadership training anywhere and i would say that still today Mm -hmm. john how does your work today at tape feed your spirit well i i think the the most fun part about being the ceo is creating jobs uh for myself but for other people and the more jobs i can create the more my spirit is filled with joy so it sounds like uh wait, wait, how many brothers and sisters do you have i have three brothers and one sister and what was your role in the family is uh you know with those brothers and sisters well i was the second so um i was the oldest girl and uh are you playing that role in business nowadays uh, playing the role of the oldest girl yeah uh, well, I probably am the oldest girl in you know, my business. I don't business. mean it that way. <laughs> I mean in terms of like in terms of like taking responsibility and organizing everybody else and coming up with ideas. Is that was that what the, is that who oh, you were as a kid? Well, is yes. I mean, th- again, the leadership training I had in the military is a direct uh, influence on my leadership of my company. Um, I understand the difference between first line supervision and high-level supervision. Mm-hmm. So I'm very good at organizing things at a high level and a low level. Uh-huh. David, did you have a question there? Um, what did you uh, learn from your mother? My mother was uh, a, a person that really helped me appreciate the power of a good story. Uh, she read to me a lot when I was a child, and uh, we shared uh, stories, stared, shared watching movies and things, but the power of the story has directly translated into my business today because I'm now devel- in curriculum development, among other things, and I'm, I believe that telling, teaching through the power of a story is the way to do it. Wow, what an interesting question, David. That, and that, what a wonderful answer to understand and appreciate how mom's storytelling really affected the development of your business. You really appreciate the story. And um, what's the best part of your job each day? The best part of my job each day? Oh, gosh, every bit of it is fun. But I think the most fun thing to me right now is that I am creating a uh, curriculum development methodology and the, with technology today, it just, it, it's you know endless. What? You're just like your father. Well, Walt told us about your daddy. He was always coming up with new ideas yes. and innovating. It's like you just told us. That's what you That's what, that's what you enjoy best. What's the website address of this organization called TAPE? TAPE-LLC.com. We've been speaking with Louisa Jaffe, co-founder and CEO of TAPE, here on Executive Leaders Radio. Back in a moment right after this break. One help building your business with help from this show's CEOs Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. They've succeeded in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on this show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, 
help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. This is John Schuhart. Join us, joining us for our business spotlight is Barry File. Who are you with, Barry? I'm with Celebrate Fairfax, a yeah. 501c3 nonprofit in Fairfax, Virginia. And what do you do with uh, Celebrate Fairfax? I am very fortunate to be the president and CEO of the organization. So what does Fairfax, or excuse me, Celebrate Fairfax do? We have a mission to celebrate Fairfax County and its communities. We serve the 1.1 million people who live in the county and all, as well as all the people who uh, visit and work there. So uh, what do you enjoy about working at Celebrate Fairfax? It is the best job in the world. It is. We come to work every day, my team and I. And we get to prepare and plan and produce events for 75,000, 100,000 people. And we treat them like, we think of them like, like they're our, our friends. So, so we get to come in and, and just plan great events for them. What makes those events so special? We try to be unique uh, within this region especially, but we're always trying to stretch the envelope of what people expect from events. People go to events because they want to have great experiences. And for us, we are always trying to give them that return on investment because they're not giving us necessarily a lot of money when they come to our event, but they are giving us their time and their energy, and that's an important thing. People want that ROI back. So did you ever think you'd be doing this when you were a kid? No, never. I, I think that when I was a kid, I, I, was, I was building things, designing things, and somewhere along the line, I fell into events and realized that it was a natural extension for me, that I just loved producing things. So what was it about being a kid that led you to this? Um, I think that it was just the challenges that were there. I always tried to figure out solutions to problems that didn't exist, and uh, that's what we do now. It's, it's the same principle. So when did you first start overcoming big challenges as a kid? Uh, I think I always was. Uh, I think that uh, I lived in a household with two older kids, parents who had their own things going on, and I think for me I just always uh, tried to find my own way. What's your website? Our website is CelebrateFairfax.com. This is John Schuhart, and this has been your Business Spotlight. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. And Ray, what organization are you with? Life Sciences Conference Group. And what is Life Sciences Conference Group? What do you folks do? We produce annual conferences and events for medical technology, life science, pharmaceutical companies. Uh-huh. So if I go to an event, you're the folks that are working behind the scenes to make it happen? That's correct. We're yeah. the ones that make sure the food's on the table, the seats are there, soundstage and lights are there, your registration process works. And, and what kind of events are these? Are these just in the life science industry? Strictly in the life science industry. Why, why do you focus on the life science industry? Uh, we found that the best way to produce a high-quality event is to really know your customer. So we don't believe in numbers. It's names. We get to know each company. We find out what their actual mission and goals are, and we find the best way to deliver the value to them. And are you doing this nationally or regionally? We do it nationally. We're continuing to look for international opportunities, but it's primarily here in North America. And how old is this company? Uh, the company has just finished its 10th year. And how long have you been with the company? I founded the company 10 years ago. What gave you the idea to start this company? I used to work for a big corporation, and I produced the annual event for us. And when I decided to leave, they said, thank you for giving us $150 million worth of a business, and we'll see you later. And mm -hmm. next time I decided I would keep some ownership and do it myself. Ah, so you've been, building, you've been building this ever since. What do you like about your job? I like how different it is because we mix policy, we mix business. I might be putting one CEO together with a politician. I might be putting another CEO together with an investor. Mm -hmm. And I might be putting the next person together with their next employee. How interesting. Well, what's the website address for this organization? MedTechConference.org. Let me have that one more time. MedTechConference.org. And the name of the organization again is? Well, Life Sciences Conference Group. Life Sciences Conference Group. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. Ray Briscuso. We've been talking to Ray Briscuso, CEO and managing partner of Life Sciences Conference Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. This has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Donna Ivey, founder and CEO, and Ashley Ivey Askew who is the clinical manager of an organization known as I Care Home Care. What is I Care Home Care? What are you guys doing? I Care is a family-owned and operated home care organization providing nursing and personal care services to clients confined to their home in Northern Virginia. How large or how small is this team? We have 80 employees mm -hmm. and we cover the entire Northern Virginia region. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see, who, who started this business? 
I did. Donna uh, Ivy. And Donna, how many years ago did you start this business? 25 years ago this year. Uh-huh. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Toledo, Ohio. How many brothers and sisters? I have four sisters. Uh-huh. Where were you in the pecking order? Number two. Uh-huh. And tell us what made you different. What, what distinguished you amongst the other, the other siblings? Well, besides I was the tallest, mm-hmm. so I, I automatically seemed to take a... Um, a leader role in the family, but mm. also my mom counted on me quite a bit to help out. Uh-huh. What happened at eight? At the age of eight? At the age of eight, my parents divorced, and um, we had to get on welfare. And it was just um, very important for my mom. She worked very hard um, at a, a paralegal company, trying to make ends meet. And I realized at that point that I had to help out. Wait, 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 wait. So you're eight years old, your parents got divorced, your own welfare, and you realized what? I had to help out. You didn't have to ha- you didn't have to do that. Well, it just seemed apparent and also it just when we would get sick and, and when food had to be brought into the home I knew I had to make a choice. What do you mean? Well, I was concerned because my mom had to make ends meet by herself and it was very concerning that if we ever got sick we would have to go to an emergency room and it would cost more money and it would impact our eating. So what did that what did you learn from that? What how did that affect you? What I learned from that was that I I wanted to make a difference and I felt that being a doctor would do that. And uh-huh. so I would watch the medical center with Chad Everett and mm-hmm that point I knew I wanted to be a physician. And you knew you wanted to get involved with the caring professions. All right, I got it. Okay, William, what uh, what are you thinking there? Yeah, actually, um, I understand that you guys weren't always into home health care. How did the uh, firm evolve to that? We initially started Eye Care Inc. Um, home Care Services, providing physical occupational speech therapy services uh, for clients in this area. And then we, uh, approximately 10 years ago, added personal care assistance. Why? Well, 14 years ago, my oldest daughter was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at the age of 18. And it became keenly apparent that we wanted to make a greater impact in the lives, not only of her life, but other people by Mm -hmm. providing personal care assistance. David? Um, Growing up uh, and caring for your your siblings um, and running the house, uh, like you do now with the home health care services uh, and through your daughter's illness, it requires a tremendous amount of empathy. How do you find that in employees and, and instill that? Yeah, where does that come from inside of you, too? Well, well, it comes from inside of me um, just always wanting to make a difference and really caring, and that's why I created the name. I have an eye and a heart, and so my heart is in everything I do. And I tell my employees, you can't say I care if you really don't. Wow. Oh, boy. John. Let's talk to Ashley for a moment. Ashley, how did you get involved or interested in the healthcare business? I got interested in the healthcare business because when we were younger, uh, we actually had the business in our home. We had a pretty large size home in Burke, Virginia, and we had employees that came in. So I ran into physical occupational speech therapists all the time inside the home. How, How young were you when this was going on? Oh, I was in, in, in elementary and middle school. Now, how do you think that affected you, you know, the fact that uh, mom and dad are running the business from the house? Well, that my dad always used to emphasize family, and we were very close family, so that was great. Um, and inside the home, it really taught us a lot of things. We were able to work from home. We were able to, when my mom um, was working and during summertime, uh, I would set something up called home rec. And that's where I kept my sister, my younger sister and younger brother active during the day. So we would go to the teacher's mart and get uh, workbooks. And I would have different stations, a station for art, a station for math and science. And I loved doing that. My mom used to, uh, in order for us to watch a TV program, which we rarely did, uh, we would have to write a paragraph, a summary about it didn't matter if it was rugrats or family matters. We had to write a paragraph summarizing. So they taught us from a very young age uh, discipline an organization, and that's actually where I learned uh, my love of English and writing. Uh huh. How's that? So that so the fact that mom and dad why why they make you write a paragraph? Give me that again. Well, because they figured if we were going to watch TV, we need s- at least need to learn something. So it had to be grammatically correct. It had to be in in perfect form and presented to them. Uh, so it was either that or go outside. So sometimes when we wanted to watch TV, we would write. And how's that translating into helping your business career nowadays? Wow. So um, it translates very well. I do a lot of uh, writing for the company. Actually, I do the website. 
Um, I, uh, I think it's more the discipline of having to do something and show. Uh, um, uh-huh. Show some results from it. Right, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. So, you, so didn't it bother you? Your friends are outside playing and your mom's making you conduct school down in the basement with your, you know, the rest of the family? I loved it. I really I really did. My brother and sister, actually, if, if we went to the home in Burke right now, there's someone else living there. But I think in the basement on the walls, you'll still see some of our, our things. You, but we absolutely you loved, loved it. what about that? What did you love about that? I love the creativity. I've always been a creative person. I was able to, she, my mom at a young age, a, a really foster creativity in me and allowed me to make um, plans for them and plans for us for the day and I like being in charge too. How's that how's that all affecting the growth of the business? Wow so I've been able to culminate everything from my illness to my leadership skills and to being the clinical what, manager. What kind of so illness did you have? Do you have? Oh, I have multiple sclerosis. Um, I was diagnosed at, at the age of 18. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm able, I really have a personal and practical Have you been through any approach. treatments for that? Excuse me? Have you been through any treatment for your uh, MS? Yes. Like what? So I've been on chemotherapy for 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, for I have a very aggressive form of MS. Uh-huh. And what have you learned from your MS? I learned... Uh, from this disease that I made it an, I didn't have an option to have an option to not get better, um, to not continue to strive. Um, I'm very, uh, despite what my prognosis was, they said it was, or doctors may have said, I still pushed forward and I have such a great family and that's something else that my what dad What did they really tell you that was, what did they tell you you couldn't have that you've got? Oh, well, uh, I was told I was on uh, chemotherapy at the age of 18. It was childbearing years, and they said that they didn't have enough time to harvest my eggs. And we had to make a decision of me walking or harvesting eggs. And we chose the decision to start chemotherapy, and they said that I would not be able to have children. So what happened? Well, I, I'm pregnant for mm-hmm. the second time right now. I'm about five weeks pregnant, and I have a 14-month-old beautiful daughter, a Buki Bear, Angela, <laughs> at home. So what um, have you learned from your disease? I have really learned to continue to pursue uh, your dreams. Uh, I was told I wasn't going to be able to see again or use my right side. I had to learn how to write again, um, hold a pen. Um, and despite all that, I have such a great family unit, and I think that's also why, you know, we work really well working together. How's that affected your business career? How has that affected my business? I, um, when it, well, my parents are very open to ideas, and I know they trust my ideas, and they know that I'm going to continue to pursue excellence despite what may be going on. If we have mm-hmm. any struggles or difficulties, I'll continue to pursue that excellence. How's your stuff affecting the building of the team? How's your stuff affecting the building of the team? Oh, well, we, like my mom just mentioned, we do mention that if, uh, when we have uh, caregiver orientations, if you don't care, you can't be in here because we have to care about each and every individual that we have. I continue to pursue new ways of looking at things, new ways of getting caregivers, um, new ways of uh, emphasizing, emphasizing care to those caregivers and to our clients. So, I can so this business isn't just the business to you. No, it's not. What it's is not. it? Sounds like a mission. Mm, I like that word. Mm-hmm. I, I care, for me, totally encompasses my talents. So I'm able to use my talents. I'm u- able to use my experience. I'm able to help clients. We have... David, we did have you have sev- a question about the church or something like that? Yeah, for Donna, um, were you raised in the church? Is I was yeah. not. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it's... Uh, important in your life today it is absolutely critical what do you mean why tell us a little what that is well when i was growing up i you know some parents if they're made to go to church they say that when they have children they'll never send them to church and that was the case for both my parents my mom and dad and so i had no idea what i was missing and i literally um would kind of meander through we have how's the church affecting your building this business nowadays donna Currently, it, it, it is the foundation, my, my faith in Christ and the love for the Lord and what he's called us to do. And I think that he doesn't make any mistakes. 
and even in the difficult, challenging times that Ashley has discussed that we have been through as a family, mm -hmm. it allows us to persevere no matter what. What's the website address of this organization? Icareabouthealth.net. Let me have that one more time. Icareabouthealth.net. We've been uh, speaking with Donna Ivey, founder and CEO, and Ashley Ivey Askew, clinical manager of the organization I Care Home Care. Uh, don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And wh what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh-huh, and what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure, I have a, make sure eight executive community members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Wh what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients. They're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings and such. So you're, you're, well, you're running a 24 by 7 facility, aren't you? We are. Uh-huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your business spotlight. I'm Tina Leandi. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why, why'd you do that? Well, they, they, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh -huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, your thought is, in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events through art uh, through a happy hour mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to come out of that mm -hmm. that's what's exciting so it's all about the people and you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? hell no it's a lot longer uh -huh. than that baby so do you have to you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that sure sure let me have the website address of this sure, organization bid.com and, and you can download boston connect mobile app let me have uh, let me have that website address one more bostonbid.com it's B-A, give me the spelling on that. B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N-B-I-D.com. Excellent. Your name again is? Tina Leone. And the name of the organization? Is the Boston Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. Want help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. 
Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you've ser you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business, or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Omar Balkasun who is the chairman and co-founder of, of an organization known as OG Systems. Omar, what, what is OG Systems? What are you guys doing? Yeah, so we're a software development shop, engineering services that supports the national security mission. Oh, cool. How large or how small is this organization? Uh, we're over 400 people. And how'd you get a job with the company? I actually co-founded it 12 years ago. You co-founded this thing 12 years ago. Where you from originally? Well, actually, I was born in Philly, but born and raised in Northern Virginia. And how many brothers and sisters? I got three sisters. And where were you in the pecking order? I was number two. And what did that do to you growing up with three sisters, number two? I had to take care of three ladies in the house. Uh, but it taught me a lot about uh, conflict resolution, kind of empathy, and understanding uh, different perspectives of how uh, you know females think. What do you mean you had to take care of three? What, what do you mean by that, you took care well, of three ladies? I had uh, a lot of guys coming around the house, so making sure I understood you know, what was going on and, and that, that, yeah. that, they were, uh, that they knew I was there and had their back at any point in time. So you felt like the protector. Oh, absolutely. Still, do you, still do. Wait, 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 tell me more about that. What do you mean? Well, you know, you know, <clears throat> it's just a, you know, it's it's a family safety net. You know, anybody uh, that's there, it's your friend, but you know, family blood for life. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, how's that affect your building this four hundred person business? The way you feel about your sisters and the family. Well, I think it has anything to do with family. We're a culture that is it is uh, empowering. Um, we we understand. You know, I think creative conflict resolution, it's all about team, team build, look out for each other. It's truly a, a culture of, of one, team one. William, what's going through your mind? Omar, how uh, old were you when you first started making money? So I was uh, 10 years old working in my mom's ice cream shop. And what did that teach you? It, it taught me, uh, you know, I was always curious why people spent money and, and what they would spend it on and, and what are the things that I could do to over delight them through experiences, through a clean shop, through unique, uh, you know, menu options. I love that word over delight. What do you, uh, how do you over delight your customers today? So I think our customers expect the unexpected and I think they understand that, um, you know, technology is moving so fast and, you know, when they engage us, it's to understand what's out there and expose them to the things that they may not be exposed to. And it's our job and duty to do that. So over delighting uh, expectations that they, that they expect. That's interesting. And this is a software related business. And yeah, absolutely. And, software you're and you're comparing it to your running that ice cream store. Yeah, I think it's all about creativity and exploring the uh, uncharted areas, you know, putting different ice creams together and coming up with something explosion in your mouth. It's the same thing with software. How do you put something together that may not necessarily work together and it starts to work and creates amazing capabilities that the customer Did you ever pay attention to the people walking into the store? Absolutely. I was always watching their eyes and understanding or trying to understand why they would spend or not spend or even walk out and not spend a dime. And what's that have to do with building the software company? I think it's the same thing. It's when you sit down in a, a customer engagement session and you read their eyes, try to understand body language and, and, and see what they are resonating with and not and quickly pivoting the conversation. David, where are your parents from? Uh, Trinidad and Tobago, Caribbean Islands. Okay. And we, we have a lot of first and second generation uh, Americans here in the D.C. metro area, particularly in technical fields. Um, how has that helped you to uh, recruit, and empower, retain employees? Well, I think it's diversity is number one. I mean, <clears throat> my parents left uh, the world of NU, came up here, and succeeding was number one uh, for us as a second generation. And so understanding the different perspectives, different people, the way they think, and their backgrounds is absolutely appreciated in our organization. John? How does that desire to succeed manifest itself now? Well, uh, it's just playing up. My, my dad was a physician, and, um, you know, uh, understanding what he did and the sacrifices he made, um, understanding what I can do and, and play up uh, success. And when did you first uh, show interest in technology? 
Oh, a young kid. I was, you know, I was tinkering with remote controls, and that's the one, not the ones you would buy off the shelf. It's the ones you would put a thousand parts on the floor and try to assemble and figure out how it all worked together. And so how does that, assembling a thousand parts into something that works, how does that translate into OG systems? Well, I think it's being able to understand and visualize uh, spatially the things that come together and how they would fit in your mind and architect that through communications, through PowerPoint presentations or, or you know, proposals. What kind of sports did you play growing up? So I, I would say I played basketball. And what was your uh, position? What was your effect on the, on the basketball team? Uh, so I wasn't a superstar. I think I was a player that kind of played all positions. I was a guy that showed up every day, you know, worked hard, showed up with the oranges. You were the dependable guy. I was a dependable guy. What does that have to do with what you do now? What, do you, what, that, what do you bring from that? Well, I think it's now? grit, determination, and I think it's really understanding that uh, I'm there for the organization. I serve the organization, uh, whatever anybody needs. Wait, 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 wait. Let me see. I, 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 maybe I'm reading these papers correctly. It says here that you are the chairman and co-founder of this and you just spoke about serving the organization what are you talking about oh absolutely it's it's a uh, servant leadership to me it's all about understanding what people need um what they desire how do i make them uh, better they, they'd express the desires what tools can i arm them with uh it's, wait, it's very minute, much wait a, a minute wait a minute it sounds to me like that's pretty parallel to a how you felt about your sisters you know the fact that you know you you had to look after them and care about them B, it has to do with, you know, the fact that you were trying to serve these people that walked into the ice cream store, and now you're telling me it's the same way you're building the software from. What am I missing here? No, that's, that's spot on. I think uh, you, you just uh, you played the script of, of my life and where I've come and where I'm going and, and the people that I, I, I enjoy influencing some of the decisions that people make based off of providing tools. Uh, you enjoy – give me that again. I enjoy understanding where people are going with the tools that I can provide them. What kind of tools do you provide them? What you know, are you talking about? Educational opportunities, investment opportunities, support their ideas. I don't think I've ever said no to an idea. Why? I think it's all about creativity and exploring. I think if you're an explorer in our organization, you succeed and fail well, fail fast, and get going and, and succeed. Wow. David? Did you have a mentor as a young person that, that really uh, – uh, highlighted that exploration and a vibe you know i think it was it was probably the neighborhood kids uh, that i grew up with it was let's go explore the creek what, what kind of crayfish could we on the earth i think it was always trying to find something entertaining to do in the neighborhood wow so you and uh, so you really think your childhood had a major influence on your life yeah you know looking back on it i, I can absolutely see it obviously living in the time and you you weren't you know i wasn't understanding all the implications that were there but now looking back it's absolutely clear the fact that you were hanging out with these other kids that you really appreciated creativity and it's really part of your life now absolutely uh-huh what's the website address of this organization that's ogsystems.com let me have that again ogsystems.com we were speaking with omar abakasin uh chairman and co-founder of og systems here on executive leaders radio uh john can you give us a rundown who else we have the opportunity of speaking with please sure our first guest was christina bueri ceo of rest and limousine then we talked to louisa jaffe co-founder and CEO of Tape. Our third guests were Donna Ivey, founder and CEO, and Ashley Ivey Askew, the clinical manager of iCare Home Care. And we just finished talking to Omar Balkisun, chairman and co-founder of OG Systems. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, William Tidwell, Cressa, David Kunzman, Pretori Law, John Schuhart, Graybeard Coaching, and Henry Fagan for giving me a hand structuring the questions, hopefully providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. I would like to thank our listening audience for listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. It's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. What's the website address for Cressa? Cressa.com. And the website address for Pretori Law? PretoriaLaw.com. And again, don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. Thank you for joining us today, and do have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.